0: Hello and welcome to the SYP Oxford podcast. I'm Charlotte, your host, and this week I'm here with a lady of many talents. She's the co-founder of Conquer House Books, a senior lecturer in journalism and publishing at Bath University, consulting editor, and the chair of SYP Southwest, Jo DeVries. Welcome.
1: Hi, hi Charlotte.
0: <laughs> Lovely to have you. Thank you. So, um, I hear that you've been very busy down at SYP Southwest. Um, What have you been up to recently? We have
1: been really busy. Uh, Yeah, I don't know what happened where, you know, we decided to try and pull this event together so quickly but it seemed like a really good idea at the time and hopefully it will prove to be a good idea we kind of felt we were getting a lot of inquiries about sort of publishing graduates and with the entrance sort of coming to us and sort of saying that we're really nervous about the job market i was speaking to my own students they were saying the same thing they were also like we've been on a few webinars and they've been great but you know we kind of feel like everything's about the coronavirus at the moment and also you know a lot of my students and a lot of our membership worry a lot about the kind of London bubble as well and so those two things kind of kept kind of running around in my head and I was talking to um the committee and we'd always planned to do like a physical conference the our first one this year and then obviously everything happened and that looked like a very remote possibility um and then i kind of felt like we had this window of opportunity um before kind of the student population all disappeared and particularly while people are feeling really anxious to actually just do something that helped to empower people and feel inspired um generally about the industry, um, but also to remind them that actually there is a lot going on regionally and that actually right now, in many ways, it doesn't matter where you live. Um, You know, as you and I uh, have just kind of been talking about before we started recording, we're both doing our jobs from home, um, you know, uh, far away from the offices. And I think that there will be huge moves in the publishing industry for employers to start thinking, well, actually, I want bright, talented people from all demographics and from all parts of the UK, um, you know, and even the world to be contributing to my team. And actually, if that means that they need to live 300 miles away from our office, actually, does that matter anymore? And so that, was a lot of the kind of motivation behind trying to put together the publishing for everyone online convention um, that we're gonna be running this Thursday, um, was to bring together people from lots of different parts of the publishing industry, the book industry, to be able to kind of talk around those kind of themes, you know, actually that regional inclusivity, uh, what the publishing industry looks like now, what it's like to work in publishing, what it might be like to work in the future. And also what actually are the different routes, you know, that actually there is no one publishing career. And more and more people's careers are wonky, squiggly, whichever way you want to look at it, um, than they are linear. And that's certainly been my experience. Um so those were kind of the key themes that we wanted to be able to articulate um with this conference. Uh, and so, yeah, we've got four panels, each um, by the wonderful Caroline Sanderson, who's the associate editor of the bookseller. Um, and she's amazing. She's been um, a Costa book judge in the past and the Wales book judge. She also runs the Stroud Book Festival. So she's rooted kind of here in the Southwest, but has worked across publishing at you know lots of different levels um, so it'd be great to hear her thoughts on the current situation and then we run into our first panel um, uh, on publishers big and small so like yeah looking at the difference between what it's like to work in a big multinational conglomerate um through to working in an indie and you know there are positives of both and then we're running into our second panel on connecting books to readers which has become definitely a hot topic of the moment I would say definitely
0: <laughs> yeah
1: don't know about you but there are just so many different virtual events out there at the
0: moment I know so many at the moment and I think that um it's great, I think, having all these um, virtual launch parties for books as well at the moment, which I think is, is really going to have an effect on how marketing and publicity for books goes forward, actually, because you can reach so many more people with a virtual event, um, but you do feel a little bit overwhelmed by all the content.
1: I <laughs> know! Okay. You're so right, like, it's amazing. And I mean, I think you're completely right that there are events now that I feel I can access uh, that I wouldn't have been able to access before just because of time. And, you know, I've got like a young daughter, I work, as you said, quite a number of different jobs. <laughs> uh, so, you know, just being able to like hop on a train in the evening and go to something isn't always viable. Um, so it's awesome to have all this stuff, but yeah, it's hard to know, like, you're like, oh my gosh, I don't know which thing to go to, or it's like my, you know, Zoom calendar is so full. Cool. <laughs> uh,
0: but I've never been busier than I have in, in lockdown. Suddenly I'm I'm going to all these events.
1: It's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, so I'm quite looking forward to hearing the panellists talk about, like, connecting books to readers. And we've got, um, you know, some really interesting so we, people on there. So Jason Bennett... Um, who actually is also um, critically acclaimed author under Jason Hewitt. Um, uh, he's written some amazing books, one called The Dynamite Run. Um, and he's gonna be chairing the panel. And then we've got um, Laura Lichtensteiger from Cengage, their strategic marketing manager, um, the uh, programs uh, manager from the Cheltenham Literature Festival, Lindsay Finnerin, who was recently voted a rising star, um, and um, Emma Ronan um, from the Slumbering Slothcast um, podcast. So it's going to be really nice to hear them and their different takes on sort of that, yeah, that connection that we're all looking for and what that might look like kind of moving forward physically virtually you know and from all different sides of the industry so that will be fun I think yeah and then um our third panel is on how to create a nurturing industry for everyone so we wanted to talk about sort of obviously some of the themes that are really really important in publishing at the moment around inclusivity and diversity um you know and I suppose particularly being rooted where we are with s y p Southwest regional inclusivity, but we also wanted to talk about some of those things that don't get talked about as much and I think are you know really really important that you know actually diversity and inclusivity also need to be encompassing. Things like actually people from all walks of life and backgrounds, disabilities. So we have um, one of our panellists on there, Amy Barrett, um, who is a disability um, champion. Um, and she's founded an amazing platform that talks about that called The Descriptionary. We're also going to be talking about salary um, transparency with Aki Schiltz, who started up the book Job Transparency. And... Um, uh, campaign, and we're going to be talking also about wellness and um, how kind of publishing companies need to be able to invest in their well-being and mental health um, of their um, you know employees. You know, both in this situation and actually in the long term. You know, um, and how important that is. And I think that also doesn't often get included enough in the conversation. So, going to cover quite a lot of those themes. Um, then our fourth panel um, of the day is going to be on the road less traveled so as I said kind of at the beginning one of the things that, uh, I was really passionate about with the conference was to just most reassure people like that your career that you may have mapped out in your head when you start out isn't necessarily going to work out that way and that's fine because actually Along the way, there may be many, many bumps and challenges and opportunities and things that you're not sure whether you want to say yes to or no to, or you're not qualified for and you freak out when somebody offers you this opportunity. And actually, it's all okay, because in the end, it kind of works out and actually opening yourself up to the fact that your career is going to go in all sorts of different directions. And... At the time, that may feel really, really scary, but actually, kind of hope with the panel and the panelists we have on there that they're going to be able to make people see that actually there are so many different ways to work with books and be in books and to do that from, you know, particularly obviously, given where we are, the panel's very southwest oriented for that particular. Um, Section because I wanted to showcase the fact that there are some really diverse career opportunities um, in the southwest um, and then we're kind of rounding the day up with a little bit of uh, networking that phrase everyone freaks out about but kind of an opportunity for people to build connections so we're going to do a little bit of kind of the Zoom breakout rooms and people can have a bit of a mingle and a chat and bring along a drink and actually hopefully get to meet a few people in publishing if they're not yet in publishing or those people who are in publishing get to meet a few people that they wouldn't normally kind of come across. So yeah, that's the plan.
0: <laughs> wow. I mean it sounds like an amazing virtual experience I and mean, it sound the panels sound really great. Um I think that um You've really encompass a lot of um, the issues that are going on in in publishing at the moment particularly around diversity and regional diversity i think the fact that you've brought this online particularly in the current situation how do you think that this coronavirus pandemic is going to affect the publishing industry more long term and in particularly your region of the southwest
1: I think it's a really interesting question, Um, I think there's a lot of like future gazing obviously going on at the moment Um, and understandably I think on an individual level we're all kind of thinking whoa what is my future going to look like in a very practical way like when am I actually going to go back to work in what feels like a more normal kind of way and also like what collectively the future might look like in terms of the industry I think that the word normal is probably a really bad one to use and if people are using, oh, well, what's the new normal going to be like? I don't think it's going to be uh, the same. I think that things will change. I think that that change was kind of bubbling under the surface for a while anyway, and actually I think that this has just made some of those uh, issues kind of more to the forefront. Um, I think that there were opportunities for people to feel more empowered to sort of say, well, actually, I have made this work. I have proved that I can work in a way that is flexible, that I can work from home um, and that I can do my job. Um, And that might not be the way forward for everybody because actually there are disadvantages to that too. But I do think that it has, actually given everybody not that we would have wished this in any way whatsoever but it has given a sort of massive test run to the idea of flexible and home working and that does open up an opportunity for that conversation uh, to be had and i do hope that coming out of this more and more employers will be open to that um because without question it will help regional inclusivity you know not just in the southwest it will help inclusivity of all kinds in fact um you know because actually people from all walks of life particularly actually from you know just just the cost barriers to living in a city make it virtually impossible for a lot of people to take those jobs on particularly you know at entry level often it's just not sustainable really to have a quality of life. Um, And I hope that actually, that, you know, new ways of working will facilitate that because we need more voices um, from all backgrounds and, and all different experiences, you know, within the publishing industry. I mean, you know, I chose to stay in the Southwest because of you know the fact that I had lots of things that were going on in my family life and personal life. My father was really ill for quite a lot of my kind of early career, and being able to be there and be a part of caring for him was a big choice in my life. And I felt for a long time that that limited my career options. And then I began to change my mindset about that and actually realised that it helped me to kind of define my career and decide what I wanted to do with it and actually feel like oh I'm really empowered I've made this choice I'm living where I really want to be and I'm rooted where I want to be and I'm surrounded by you know a place that I love and people that I love and actually from that position then what I choose to do with my career opens up and I'm really lucky I mean I've worked with publishing companies all around the world. And so I'm quite used to working virtually and used to not really thinking about the barriers of where I live, determining what I do. But that happened almost because I sort of, it was kind of because it had to. Um, And actually, I kind of feel like I want to make sure other people realise that that can be the case, that they feel empowered to make that the case that if there are reasons in their life that they really want to live in a certain place and stay there that's great that's fine be where you really want to be because if that's really important to you then you should feel that that is a as valid a thing as anything else in your career um you know and I think that companies need to facilitate that because then they can have access to these incredible talented people who are living like I said all around the country, all around the world, but who may choose not to go and live in a certain place in order to work. Um, so I think that could be a big change. I think there are going to be other changes coming down the line as well. I think it's publishing is a really amazing industry. I remember uh, being in uh, publishing years and years ago when the start of the ebook and I literally remember having one of these sort of very late night conversations where we were all like sitting there going oh it's very worrying it's going to be the death of the book what we're we going to do we're all really worried about our jobs where is it's going to take us and you know really people feeling this palpable sense of oh no it's like a death knell in um, the book industry and it wasn't you know it was actually an incredibly exciting time that brought so many different dynamics to the publishing industry and I think that's what's amazing about publishing is it's resilient it's full of people who are creative problem solvers who are used to looking at something when something goes wrong with a book or whatever and they go initially ah and then they go right Now let's come up with a solution. Let's make this thing happen. And I kind of think that that attitude will be what actually shapes the future of the industry. Yeah, there are going to be profound changes. And some of those aren't going to be easy. I don't underestimate that at all. Um, But I do think that publishing will certainly continue to flourish. Um, And I think that it will take on all of the, the many different creative things that can come out of something like this and take those forward um because that's the kind of industry it is um so yeah i think that it's there are lots of kind of good things in the future but i definitely don't want to underestimate that there are also going to be some
0: you know more challenges along the way well, i agree mean, publishing definitely seems to be one of those industries we have our tough moments and we have to pull ourselves back up again but uh as you say, with the with the ebook phenomenon, when that arrived, we, we're still here. Uh, we, yeah. just, we just work differently. We have a new creative way of working. So publishing is is going to stick around for a while, I think. <laughs> um, so obviously you are one of your many jobs <laughs> is as a lecturer at Bath Spa, um, uh, in the uh, course leader of the journalism and publishing course there. So what kind of advice are you giving your students right now for how they can best place themselves for job hunting and gaining experience in this kind of situation?
1: It's a really good question. Um, you know, I mean, I'm very lucky. I, you know, I would say this. My students are amazing. Um, uh, they're incredibly creative um, and they are very successful. kind of being faced with lots of we give them lots of interesting challenges um and we do quite a lot of industry-led work with them so they're pretty used to uh kind of bring creative problem solving skills to the table um and I think that that's one of the things that I would say to them right now to any student or anybody actually out there looking for a job right now is that actually you know it it's better to not kind of Focus on this one thing with a kind of myopic kind of oh, this is the one job that I want, and this is the one thing, and I can't think of anything else. I think it's much better to be able to sort of stand back and assess your skill set and think, actually, I have I mean, one of the brilliant things about publishing as a grounding or the kind of people who are interested in publishing is often that actually they have sort of quite big transferable skill sets. Um, and to look at that and think, okay, well, actually the things that i'm really interested in those can apply to lots and lots of different jobs across publishing and that you know actually i need to perhaps not be wedded to getting that editorial assistant job maybe actually getting that rights assistant job could open me up to something else that's really really interesting could build on my skill set and actually i might love that and decide i want to stay there or i might move across um i think that also you know to think about all of those things that you can be doing whilst you're job hunting. You know, job hunting, in and of itself, can be quite, regardless of the kind of situation, can be quite momentless and sometimes... I don't want to say soul destroying, but there are moments I'm sure where we've all like been job hunting and sending out loads of CVs and stuff like that and kind of gone, oh, I just don't know if I can do
0: this anymore. Yeah, I've um, definitely
1: been there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, you know, how many times can I retweak this cover letter? And, you know, um, I think that, you know it's important to not get so obsessed with that that it becomes you know the only focus of your time because actually if you do that it can be quite mentally wearing so I think thinking of other creative things that you can be doing during this period that will continue to enrich your CV because nothing is at a loss like if you can create you know whether it's a book blog, whether it's actually thinking... I am speaking to one of my students today and I was really impressed. They'd signed themselves up for a load of um, Excel courses online. And I was like, you know what, that's awesome. Because let's face it, I'm sure you found this, Charlotte. Spend more time on Excel than anyone ever told you you would in publishing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, I think that is definitely something that I wasn't expecting. And most people I've spoken to in publishing have said... You never know how much you need your those Excel skills.
1: <laughs> so true. It's like the secret of publishing that we should all scream about a bit more is how important Excel is, um, and uh, like stuff like that. You know where you can and and as we were saying just earlier about how content rich the environment is at the moment. You know there are so many web webinars that you can go to. So. Do that, you know, like actually attend those things, sign up to some free courses, do that kind of stuff, because none of that is going to be lost, whatever happens. But it's all stuff that you can either add to your CV, it's all things that you can draw upon to speak about in an interview, um, that you can reference in a cover letter, that kind of thing. It all widens your industry knowledge, broadens your view, your life view, your industry view, you know all of those things are really really important so I think you know trying to balance those out with kind of job hunting I think is a really really good idea um and like I said to not worry because actually I know and that's really easy to say that I've been there where your career can definitely have a massive roadblock for whatever reason um you know and personal or you know, actually employment wise, and it can feel really, really, really hard. And um, I think that actually, if you can just keep saying to yourself, you know what, somehow or another, it will work out, I will end up in a place that opens me up to other opportunities. And if you can hold on to that somehow, then just start saying yes to stuff like I've said in the past, yes to jobs that I was like oh I don't really know if I want to do this and actually I've never ever regretted that at all because everything that I've done I've actually ended up loving luckily enough but also it's opened me up to stuff that I wouldn't ever have tried before Um, and feeling brave enough to sometimes say yes to a few things that you're not sure you're quite yet ready to do can be a good thing as well um you know because it's all too often that we kind of undersell ourselves but actually if somebody offers you a freelance gig you know actually they've heard that you're you know you've got some publishing skills or you've done some copy editing and they go actually I've got this brochure or thing would you be able to help them so yes just say yes you know and actually it's again something your CV, that If you do a good job, who knows? They'll recommend you to someone else, and suddenly you're building a small freelance portfolio. All of that can be really powerful. So yeah, I think those are the kind of
0: things that I would be
1: kind of encouraging people to think about at the moment. Uh,
0: that sounds. That all sounds like very, very good advice, and advice that I wish I had been given earlier in my career. Sometimes it's, uh, it's hard to say that to yourself. Sometimes trying to keep positive and just say yes, because think you can get so focused on that one thing that you really want to do um that you don't have to see all these other wonderful opportunities so speaking of getting you know how to get your start in publishing how did you come to publishing as an industry
1: well so I guess I came a kind of what's a slightly traditional and then non-traditional route in many ways um I was uh I took a year out like I kind of mentioned my father hadn't been terribly well so I decided to take a year out I had a place at university and I decided to apply to some local publishing um companies to do some work experience I was very lucky I ended up getting a work experience placement um at one in marketing at a local company and another one in editorial and which was brilliant so I was you know I sent a lot of letters out, I would that. A lot of on spec letters. Um uh and uh then when I worked in the editorial uh one for a while um uh they turned around and said to me look would you like to stay and have a job and I was like oh okay that hadn't been part of my plan my plan had always been to go to university I was really really geeky um, and then I was like do you know what I've always always wanted in publishing I'd been quite sort of fixated with the idea of publishing from you know relatively young age but had always felt like I had to have this particular degree I was going to study classics so I was had all of this plan and then they offered me this job and I'd been through you know a bit of a turbulent time and I was like well actually I really want to do that and I want to stay here I don't want to go you know um what was at the time going to be hundreds of miles away from my degree um so I went okay can take this job and I did and I worked there for three and a half years and then I became really worried that um, I wanted to make the next step up um, and I think people talk a lot about their first jobs and people don't talk enough about actually what you do after that first job and I think that's a really important conversation people should have um, because that can feel really scary uh, making that second job. Um, Uh, And I knew I wanted to commission at this point. I'd been in publishing enough to get the bug of being able to formulate an idea and wanting to work with an author on that and making it happen. And I sort of had a little taste of it, but really wanted that to be my role. So I decided to apply for my first ever kind of commissioning editor role um, at Osprey, which is now part of Bloomsbury. And um, But I thought, well, I don't have a degree. And all of the job ads were like, essential things you know degree firsts ma's publishing all of these kind of things and i was like well i don't have that i have this experience um but i don't have that and um i decided well i'm gonna apply because that's what i really want to do um and i was very lucky i got an interview and then they were really lovely uh because i sort of I got the, you know, they kind of offered me the job. And then I freaked out. I went, I don't think I can do this. I don't know if I'm qualified. And it's not No, ah, i just doing what I'm doing. And so I said, no. And then they said, why don't you come and have lunch with us and chat about it? Um, and I was incredibly lucky. At the time, um, the... Uh, managing director was an amazing person and also my direct line manager was going to be Rebecca Smart who is fantastic and then you know has been a mentor to a lot of people in publishing and they took me out to lunch and they talked to me and they said one of the things we found really interesting about you and your sort of CV and background was actually that you didn't have this degree and that you were able to articulate why you hadn't chosen that path and to have the confidence to say no to that when clearly it was a pathway that you were very much on and I found that really interesting it's always stayed with me and it's something I tell my students a lot is that you can worry hugely about what you think might be a gap in your cv or your experience you might kind of fixate on this hole that you think is going to hold you back somehow and actually if you can learn to kind of actually explain it articulate it be proud of who you are and what you do have to bring to the table rather than this thing that you perhaps don't then actually that can be really really powerful um you as part of the whole job application process and so I ended up working there and then that kind of tipped me on my kind of career trajectory from there so yeah it was a kind of funny read in and then I ended up doing my degree to the Open University for many many years (laughs) working full-time which I wouldn't necessarily recommend to everybody as the best way to do
0: it. It proves that as you say there isn't one route yeah and I think that um, things are changing, and a lot of um, publishing houses now aren't requiring degrees for entry-level roles, which I think is definitely a, a step in a step in the right direction. So, um, you know, we want more stories like this <laughs> where you can prove that you don't necessarily need this mandatory checklist. You, sometimes the experience does does win out um, if, if you're right for that if you're right for that role.
1: Yeah, totally. And, and you're completely right. I think what you just said about being right for the role is one of the most important things, because actually, when you're sitting the other side of the interviewing table, which I've done a lot, actually, it's not it's not that checklist of requirements that interests me, it's going to be that person's skills and attributes And, you know, like I said, their creative problem solving, their enthusiasm, their understanding of the job and the industry and what they can bring to the table that is beyond this sort of very um, black and white list of things that, you know, you might ask of them. So I think never look at a job description and think, oh, my gosh, because I don't tick all of those boxes, I can't apply for that. You know definitely, if you feel like it's something you could do and you're passionate about it, then apply for it. I mean, I loved that job, and I'm so, so glad that I took it and I'm very lucky that they gave me a second chance um but you know it was one of the most brilliant decisions of my career. It taught me a huge amount um and I think, yeah, it taught me also a lot about myself. It taught me about how to be brave uh. And believe that I could do some of the things that I didn't think I was qualified for.
0: So yeah, yeah, it's very un- under underestimated quality self belief. I think that uh, yeah, sometimes you just have to push yourself to do something that you don't think that you're ready for. But actually, when you push yourself, you find that you know more than you think you do. So true, yeah. And you've so from from there, you've actually had you have quite. An exciting career working across non fiction for trade publishers, academic publishers, um, and you've now ended up teaching as well, which isn't necessarily where people, I think, where people start in publishing, where they think that they'll go um, to teach the next generation of of, of publishing graduates. Um, What drew you to that decision?
1: Oh, so that was another really interesting one. Um, So uh, at the time, my business partner and I uh, were looking at different things that we could do um, to bring our skill set together. And one of the things I was really passionate about was... training and mentoring and I, I always loved that about being in-house I, I love working with other people and helping them to get to where they want to be I mean it's the bit I love about the commissioning process is giving an author to where they want to be I love the idea of somebody I'm working with who has a dream about where they'd like to take their career and somehow helping them get there that is I think a really incredibly rewarding thing and so we started sort of thinking about different workshops that we could offer and we did a couple of Sort of author leg ones. And then I approached, so <laughs> being brave, decided that I would approach um, basketball University and say, well, actually, you know, are you ever looking for any um, workshops for your students? Because obviously, this is our background. We've both, you know, a business partner had worked in children's publishing for a long time and I'd worked in nonfiction for a long time. So I said, look, you know, we'd be really happy to come and do something. And then at the time, um, the, well, she's still um, slightly higher up now our amazing subject leader Catherine Reeve um, got in touch and said actually that'd be great I've got some um, lectures would you like to come and have a go and I was like oh I not really meant that I just sort of thought you know come in and just do a thing and um, I'm not sure if I'm ready for that so I sort of went okay <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I loved it. I hadn't, like, like you said, I I wasn't where I'd mapped my career going. And particularly because I hadn't gone to university myself, I'd never really thought that that would be a door that would be open to me. Um, you know, I mean, obviously I did have to have a degree for that particular door, but, um, at that point I had got my degree. Um, and, uh, it was, yeah, such a rewarding experience to be able to take some of that that I'd learned um, and be able to, to kind of translate that to people. And because our degree is very, very industry led, um, you know, we think that, you know, it's great if we have people, most of our department work either sort of part time or. You know, they may work for the department full-time, but they have still a foot in the industry. And so when you've got a problem and you're like going, oh, I just don't understand. What would you do? How do you write this press release? Or how do you prepare this proposal information? Or actually, like, you know, what do you mean by negotiating changes with the author on a manuscript? You know, actually, what does that... And to be able to say, well, actually, I had this problem, weirdly, last week. (laughs) You know is a really valuable thing um, for our students, I think. So um, it's surprising how the two actually sit incredibly well alongside each other Um, and I love the fact that I get to do things that make me constantly think differently. Um, My students always inspire me. Um, I think I learn way more from them than they probably learn from me. Um, So I'm pretty lucky in that respect. Um, but I'm also really lucky I get to kind of keep doing the things that I love in the industry as well Um, so yeah um, it was a happenstance thing which so much of one's career actually is but nobody ever tells you that
0: (laughs) (laughs) you're getting all the secrets of how to how to progress in your career none of it's ever planned (laughs) not really (laughs) That's what makes it what makes it exciting. is you've had a very varied career, so it's and that's that's exciting. That's what <laughs> that's what you want. Um, and what's sort of coming up in this next year in the publishing industry? Are you really excited for? Is there anything in particular that you're really looking forward to?
1: Oh, um, I am really excited about a lot of things I'm working on. Um, so. Recently, I've become um, consultant editor for a new non-fiction imprint called Flint Books, which has been launched by the History Press, and it's a general non-fiction imprint. I'd worked for the History Press many years ago, and then they approached me and said, would I be interested in doing this? Um, And uh, it's lovely. It's been such a rewarding experience. I've got to work with their publishing director, Laura Perahinik, and she's fantastic. So it's nice to be able to bounce ideas off each other. Um, and this coming autumn, um, launching a big book, um, on the menopause, which has been such an incredible, uh, experience to, um, commission, um, and work alongside the general editor for that, Caroline Harris. We have, um, 20 different, um, contributors from all around the world Well, we have more than 20, but, um, 20 different chapters, um, Uh, all around the world, um, telling some incredibly different perspectives um, and some really powerful um, stories. I think one of the most humbling things about working on that has just been how people have been so honest about something that's been so incredibly intimate and raw and at times been very difficult and challenging for them um, and they have shared that with such honesty and integrity and that's one of the things I love about working in non-fiction is to be able to open up people's stories and for people to share their lives and their views and their messages that's you know always an incredibly um, privilege it's a huge privilege i I think my job is a big privilege a lot of the time um uh and then into next year um we've got some amazing books um on grief um that i bring out with a grief therapist um looking at grief in an entirely different way um and about how actually a lot of the ways in which we view it are very limiting to ourselves psychologically um and then you know i've got some other really exciting books coming out on kind of the future of cities and things like that that i'm working on so a lot of my commissioning is really proactive so often it's kind of coming up with an idea and finding somebody to write it so i love that um and i love the fact that i get to work with really interesting people who just make me think so much about the world um and the other thing I'm really excited about is I a bit of agenting and I agent for an author called Fiona Murden, whose debut book I agented came out last year with Nicholas Brearley and won Best Business Book of the Year Self-Development um, uh, Defining You. It was an amazing book and she's bringing out her second book with Bloomsbury um, this July called Mirror Thinking and that's just a fantastic book and she's such a just incredible woman and really really generous with her mind and the way in which she thinks and how she wants to use behavioral psychology to really uh, change people's lives so yeah i guess i'm very lucky that i've been able to work on projects that align with a lot of things I really care about. Um, And then, like I said, it's just a massive privilege to be able to get those out into the world. If they help other people, then I kind of feel like that's my job done, really.
0: Yeah, those all sound like really fascinating books. I would think I'll definitely have to add um, to the book about you mentioned about the menopause, because that sounds really, really fascinating. And something that I don't think is talked about a lot which I think is one of the wonderful things about books is it opens up this forum for people to talk about um subjects that are potentially taboo or not things that people want to talk about so I will definitely be adding that to my reading list when that comes out (laughs) yeah seriously do
1: it completely changed well it you know, it just completely opened my own mind up and made me realize, yeah, exactly as you said, how much we don't talk about these things that are so important and so natural and so much a part of our lives, society's lives, you know, and yeah, that, you know, that is the power of good publishing. It should surely be, whether it's fiction or non fiction, it should be that power to be able to open people's minds and shift their perspectives. Um, and if we get to do that, then that's a pretty lovely thing to be a
0: part of. Definitely. Thank you so much for joining us, Jo. It's been a pleasure speaking to you. Um, I hope that everything goes really well with your conference on Thursday. Um, and I'm sure that we will hear plenty from you and SYP Southwest in the future. Thank you so much, Charlotte, as well. Thank you. It's been really lovely to chat to you. Take care. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the SYP podcast and hopefully we'll see you again soon. Don't forget to check out SYP Oxford on Twitter at SYP underscore Oxford and on our Instagram as well, where we have some great mini book reviews to give you some reading inspiration while you're in lockdown. To keep up to date with all things SYP, please sign up to our newsletter on the SYP website at thesyp.org.uk. Can't wait to see you guys again soon.